Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host, BJ, along with my co-host, Me Too, and this week we're watching the Netflix show, Glow. So stay tuned to the end to find out why BJ is putting on his very best podcast voice. I don't know what you're (laughs) insinuating, Me Too. You sound like you host criminal. (laughs) So, Beach, we just watched Glow. You know Mm -hmm. it's a show that I love. Yes. Um, Glow on Netflix. Glow. You felt meh about it. That's the vibe I was getting. But why don't you give a recap of the pilot? Sure. So this series, Glow, capital G-L-O-W, stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And Mm -hmm. it is based on a... Well, the show is based on creating the show, which was a real show, about women's wrestling in the 80s. And it follows Allison Brie, whose character is Ruth, who's an actress. She's not having good luck finding roles until she gets the chance to join this professional wrestling show, Glow. And we get to see her, well, really in this pilot, we just see her auditioning. But we also see some of her relationships, like with her best friend, Debbie. And then she has confrontations with the director of the show, whose name is Sam Sylvia. He's played by Mark Marin, who does it so beautifully. And so we'll also see some of her fun friends who are also auditioning as they wrestle in leotards. So from that <laughs> enthusiastic recap, you'll get the sense that BJ did not love the show. I didn't dislike the show. I think, um, and maybe we can get into this more in our rating, I think there is a lot of buildup in this show for a pilot, especially when the show becomes complicated later because it kind of becomes like, it's like an ensemble comedy almost, like of all the different, or dramedy of all the different wrestlers. And so it's interesting that it's such a long pilot setting up specifically Alison Bree's story. It kind of feels like Orange is the New Black where she's like, She's interesting herself, so I won't do her like how Piper is annoying, but it's like she almost feels like the Trojan horse to get to this the rest of this like dope cast of characters. So it gets really interesting the last 10 minutes, but we survived the first 27. You bring up a good point. We do get introduced through Alison Bree's character, who is, and we both agree, is not a likable character. Which I love. Um, she's a little stubborn. Uh, and she's not afraid to break rules when she thinks she's right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Unfortunately, that made it harder for me to get into the show just because I didn't instantly connect to her, and she's the character you spend the most time with in the pilot. But I will agree that the end it picked up when you bring in her best friend and you've started to at least see the personalities of the rest of the ensemble cast And that's where I can see the potential for this. But you have to be willing to put in that first half hour to get there. Yeah, for the juicy like last 10 minutes. I would say, though, I think there's a lot of time spent on this. And I think that's unnecessary. So I would suggest like kind of bearing through. It's kind of like bearing through the first season of Parks and Rec um, to get to the good stuff. But I feel like the show... It, it feels almost like an allegory because the show opens with Alison Bree's character, who's an actress, and she considers herself a serious actress, which kind of makes her a little bit annoying. But she is trying out for this role, and she intentionally reads 
the man's part instead of the woman's part. And she like acts the hell out of it, whatever that means. And they're like, whoops, you read for him. Now you have to read for her. And the the other character is literally just his assistant. So he's this person with a complicated backstory and it drives her to tears as she plays the role. And then when she does the one for a woman, it's like, hello, Mr. Smith, here's your coffee or something like that. And so it, it, it it's cool that she's this complicated character. I feel like as a woman, I don't get to see a lot of women on TV that are like dark heroes. I feel like Shonda Rhimes ushered that in a ton and we got to review Killing Eve, which was also kind of like dark women. So I don't know, maybe I have an evil streak or something, but I'm just really into the opportunity to see a woman that isn't like just fun or relatable. Like she can just be annoying and I still want to watch. I think you make a good point. She in some ways is a good role model in that she is trying to break down those barriers and not limit herself to what others are offering to her i just don't like her personality (laughs) yeah her literal personality is quite annoying but i like that choice like i like that the show has this annoying woman and it's like you're gonna get all this annoying and then you'll also have all this fun stuff and obviously like the character development i would argue on the show this i don't think this is a spoiler is really good so you end up even if you don't necessarily root for her, which I started rooting for her, you end up liking her a little bit, whether you whether you can help it or not. Even her like castmates end up begrudgingly liking her. Um, and I also just like that the, they have this opportunity now to create this whole new thing. It made me think of um, Constance Wu wrote that open letter about crazy rich Asians, and she quoted um, Ava DuVernay, And she talked about how it's like people of color, women, women of color keep like the the folks that are not included a lot on like the production side and the creation side keep knocking on the door to try to get in and get in on the planning and they get to start creating roles and they get to have better opportunities. But instead of knocking on the door, why not build your own house? And so Constance Wu said they did that with Crazy Rich Asians. Ava DuVernay has obviously done that with like the entire part of her career of like her later 30s and I feel like they're getting to do that with the gorgeous ladies of wrestling both the show within a show and the Netflix show Mm -hmm. so I love that I think it is providing new opportunities that wouldn't typically be available and Netflix is probably a good platform to take that risk because Netflix is willing to take more risks than major uh, TV networks and sometimes you have to start on them you have to start with someone willing to take that risk before you can make it to the more mainstream like consciousness of this is what we should be expecting normally it's um it's pitching netflix is apparently entirely different according to our special guest martin who told us that you have to like have some fundraising ahead of time and then if netflix likes your idea they'll like help you match it and then get your show up there Mm-hmm. And they don't release their data, so it could be enough to just have a show on Netflix because people don't necessarily need to know whether it's a runaway success or not. Yeah, which works in their favor. As long as you get yeah. good reviews, you don't have to like have people criticizing how many people actually viewed your show. Plus, with Glow as a separate thought of why I love it so much, is I love wrestling. And yes. I... Well... I don't watch it as much now, but when I first moved to this to the US when I was in middle school, 
I was obsessed with it for some reason, like WWE and WWF. Cause it was, I think it was raw on Monday nights and then WWE something on Wednesday nights. And I would watch all of it. And my dad even got me tickets to go see wrestling live. And it was just the coolest thing. And it's, it's so fun the way they ham it up and they end up. Yeah, it is good acting. I know Ruth on the pilot, like questions whether wrestling is acting. And I really like the quote of like, are we actors playing wrestlers? Are we wrestlers acting? Are we wrestlers playing actors? Like, what is it? And then Mark Maron's character, the director just answers yes. And I feel like that's what it is. And the show within a show in Glow is delightful. You'll you'll really like, except for there's like obviously sexism and racism because it's a show in the 80s, but it's delightful. I can see that. I never got as into wrestling as you did, but I would watch it occasionally. And I think my dad would watch it occasionally, mostly on Friday nights. And wrestling definitely is acting, but it's like a performance in a different way than especially what Ruth is, what she thinks she's looking for in the conventional roles. So I can see how this performance can not only be good for Ruth, but also be fun for the viewers of the show and the show within the show. Yeah. And it's cool that she practiced for her audition by watching Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. I don't know if her watching Hulk Hogan made us think about his reality show or if we were talking about it earlier. It made me think of the reality show. It has nothing to do with glow, but I just want to stress the fact that Hulk Hogan really had a reality show for like four seasons. And then his daughter Brooke had her own spinoff for like two seasons and I'm fairly certain it was called Hogan Knows Best. It was. Hogan Knows Best, y'all. And then Brooke Hogan had that song with Paul Wall. Yikes. You know so much about the Hogans. Did you know that Hulk Hogan was recently reinstated into the Wrestling Hall of Fame? Because there is a statute of limitations on racism. Hmm. They were like, whoopsie, we forgot what you did. Here's your medal back. Wow. That says a lot Ooh. about society. I know. But another actually fun fact, and not a sad fun fact is in the original glow from like 1986 Mm -hmm. um sylvester stallone's mom played the manager of the ladies on the show oh that's a fun little cameo isn't that a fun little fact interesting he's also old you know what i like about glow (laughs) yes do you you like that it's set in the 80s no Oh, I thought you were talking to me about that. You were like, look at these outfits. Look at these colors. Oh, I guess it was kind of interesting. I like the opening sequence. So it's like neon lights that glow and it's like outlines of people. And I thought it was really cool. Effects. Wait, is it? Are the neon lights a tribute to the fact that it's called glow? I hope Mike doesn't pick this up. Is it? Yeah. Neon lights glow. (laughs) So the title sequence, everyone is glowing. The title sequence is beautiful. Uh, Yeah, the title sequence was so great. I loved all the colors. I thought it was a cool homage to the 80s. It was like 80s graphics, but with 2017 quality. Um, So it was dope. Totally agree. So... An interesting part of the show that you were mentioning while we were watching is the relationship between Ruth and Debbie. And you said that that is the main kind of love story, their friendship. So can you talk to the audience a bit about why that spoke to you? 
now this is like an interview like you're terry gross and you're like tell me about this book you wrote yeah so one thing that i really liked about the show is the fact that it's so woman-centered like there are different love interests and i i mean obviously as a spoiler for my review i've watched it seriously i'm all caught up and and the creators of the show said that debbie and ruth those are the two leads is like their friendship is kind of like the core love story of the show. And I love the idea of the relationship between two women, like the friendship of two women being at the core of the show. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like for a long time we didn't get a lot of good, like woman friendship content and now we're getting more and I'm just like gobbling it up at every turn, especially because their relationship is just so deep. Like, there's there's a lot of layers there and so and I don't want to spoil anything in their relationship but they have like they're a little hot and cold and I think that only comes with like years and years of opportunities to do damage and I just love that I love the depth of their friendship and I love that it is so much more significant than any like fling with another man that they have on the show yeah you can definitely see that the tension in their relationship exist solely because they have this strong history of a friendship like you can only hurt someone that much if you care about them a lot yes i think so we've seen enough men you know Mm. we have (laughs) we have it's all about equality not equity so i think that this show does a really good job of like uplifting women's stories obviously but i also think this show how sometimes you can like tell when a show is run by or at least has strong women voices when like the portrayal of women is done a little bit more responsibly one thing we noticed is that there are two nude scenes in the show which happens on netflix but it's alice and brie and one of them is sexual but it doesn't last like too long and i think for a show about wrestling it easily could have just been like nudity galore like locker room shots like it could have been a little bit it could have been much more exploitive of the fact that they're doing a wrestling show and I like that it was just Allison Brie and briefly but it's weird that it was just Allison Brie like in the locker room you only see her naked changing clothes so it is is done tastefully. It's just an odd choice to focus only on her body. True. It's like maybe if they were like blurred naked women, not sexualized, but just like literally walking about to like go shower or whatever. Yeah. We wouldn't have been like, wow, that's weird. Like those stand out. Yeah. But it still didn't feel, it felt like a weird choice. I, yeah, you're right. But I don't think it felt exploitive. But speaking of outfits, BJ, you noticed some pretty dope outfits on this show but like multiple styles and colors of the same like unitard that looks like it's just gonna go up everyone's cracks which it was actually doing for some individuals were unitards that popular in the 80s i don't know was everyone wearing them because then like i feel like everyone would get a uti you know, I feel like I'm thinking back to some late 80s, early 90s TV shows, and they were wearing similar stuff to that. So I think it is authentic to the era. As a scientist, can you Google UTI rates of today 
versus no. not even today because today people the unitards are kind of coming back so can you hack into the mainframe of science to do uti rates of like 2015 versus 1985 so i will tell you that the national institutes of health and the center for disease control have public statistics on different diseases so you wouldn't need to hack to find out that data but like don't you get like extra science stuff because you're a scientist okay so another really cool aspect of the show, besides authentic 80s outfits, is that you mentioned this fun fact. The actresses actually worked out and were very involved in the physical aspects of wrestling. Oh, I love the physicality of the show because I don't know if they have stunt doubles, but the actual cast members of GLOW... Um, like trained really hard and apparently I was reading something that said that Debbie and Ruth the two main leads were like in their audition they were wrestling so hard that the producers or whomever like stopped them they were like whoa like you're gonna injure yourself because they really they were like flipping around and doing all the tumbling and all the cool stuff that you saw Mm -hmm. in the pilot episode Um, I literally can't fathom moving my body in that way but yeah they were in there (laughs) okay what would your um what would your wrestling name be hmm i don't know what is what are ruth and debbie's wrestler names it's kind of a spoiler it's actually it's a spoiler i because it because each of them on the show they end up picking their personalities like they pick whether they're going to be the heel or the villain Mm -hmm. um or the like good character and so yeah it would be a spoiler to tell you because their their names indicate what they're going to be i'd be i crush weaklings Ooh, so you would do like a sentence yeah Mm. and then like my finisher would be the crusher (laughs) i just Pictured you like in a unitard, <laughs> like trying to smush somebody between your hands, like just like like gritting your teeth and just being like oh, and you're just like smushing their cheeks. What would your finishing move be called? Hmm. The please don't hurt me, and I'll curl into a little ball, and I'll try to roll away. And I'll go under the bottom rope onto the ground. How is that a finishing move? Because I'm finished wrestling. I don't never fight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So your record is just like zero and a hundred? Yes. Or zero and one. Because hopefully I only have to do that once. <laughs> that was your in debut my mind, and if I'm wrestling, <laughs> I've been kidnapped. I've been coerced into doing this. I don't know what's happening. I'm just trying to find my way back to my family. Leon Neeson is on the way. And so I just got to finish this one match and I'm out. And so that's when I roly poly under the rope. You're not being a strong female representative for the young girls watching. That can be a lot of people who are not me. It could also be you. Uh, yeah, but it won't. So yeah, that would be my finishing move. So let's finish up this podcast episode. Ooh, crushed it. What is your final rating? Would watch again, seriously. I would recommend the show. I would just recommend you watch it. You get through the first episode. 
and then I would like block periods of time for it. We've started doing ratings like this where it's like if you're on a plane or I would watch it maybe during the summer when a lot of other shows are on hiatus because it's really good. But I don't think I think based on the pilot, I doubt anyone would prioritize it over their main shows. Mm -hmm. What about you? So I'm not going to watch any more of this show. That's fair. But with my rating, I also recommend anyone who has any remote interest in the show enough to watch the pilot to just go ahead and commit to watching the first two episodes before making a judgment call. Totally. Because one secret delight of the show that definitely comes out even more in the second season is the show within the show is truly wonderful. It's so fun, except for the sexism and the racism, but it's so fun. Yeah. So I think so it's too slow. And yes, so I agree. if the concept does appeal to you, be willing to give it the time to catch your interest. <laughs> what a rating. So we also have some listener feedback this week. Okay. We have a new review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Five stars titled, Keep Them Coming. Oh. This is from I Listen on an iPhone 10. I love Brad. this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for rating as well. Let me not do that. <laughs> I still have an iPhone 6. That's why. I love this show. The chemistry between the hosts is great, and they're so funny. Some really good takes peppered in a good show about TV. Plus, I found a few new shows to watch because of this podcast. Oh, that's like the point of the show. That's so nice. Thank you, iPhone 10 user. So if you want to find more episodes and more recommendations on what new shows to watch, check out our website, thepilotpodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. And always be sure to leave us a review with five stars. Specifically five. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. And you can send feedback, shows you want us to watch, meal prep recipes, unitards that you want BJ to wear. If we ever do no. a video, nope. he'll wear them. I yes, will he will to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.